Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I so appreciate you. I'm so grateful for this time that we get to be together, to spend time together laughing, learning, and thriving as an entrepreneur. And really, that's what we want, isn't it? We want to live our lives as thriving entrepreneurs. Each of us, in our own way, has our own leadership spot that we fill in the world. For some of us, that is a team of people that we're leading and helping them be the best that they can be. For others, it may be what a friend of mine used to call the first level of management, and that's manage yourself. Before we can be an effective leader, we need to learn how to effectively lead ourselves. But the question becomes throughout all of that, whether it's just you in the company or you have millions of employees, the question is, how do I lead? How do I really empower the people that I'm leading? And so today we want to talk about empowered leading. How do you use the information that comes to you and be able to lead people, the skills that you have to be able to lead people, and, and here's a big one, your continued growth in life to be able to lead people onward and upward to the next best for themselves first, and then also for the company. What is empowered leading and how can we do that? I've got three really amazing guests we're going to talk really practically to start off with about a new way of hopefully maybe making some profits in your business. And then we're going to dive even deeper into some things that you need to know as a leader. Some of them may be refreshers. Some of them may be brand new things for you, but we want to help you learn and grow and live in a life that is thriving. Absolutely. But where you feel like your leading is empowered leading, and that will allow you an opportunity to live as a thriving entrepreneur. So with that said, thanks for being here with me. Let's jump right in to our very first guest. Join me in welcoming Matthew Holman. Hey, Matthew, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? I am really good. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Uh, that's a great question, how you show up in the world. Um, yeah, so um, I mean, from a professional standpoint, um, I run marketing for a small e-commerce subscription software startup called Cute Pilot. Um, but for myself personally, it's been an interesting journey the last few years. I've transitioned into this new career and, and really stepping fully kind of into my own self. So a lot of that means uh, connecting with people, building community, educating, uh, giving back as much as I can. So, um, and you know, I love running and getting outdoors and a lot of fun things. I'm, I live in Utah, so uh, it's just kind of a beautiful scenery around here, but that's kind of me in a nutshell. Absolutely. So um, your emphasis with work these days is subscriptions. Um, but 
I even see here on your website that subscriptions have changed. They're not like they used to be in the past. So can you kind of just in general explain uh, subscriptions to us? Sure, absolutely. I think um, for most people, they think of subscriptions, they think of it kind of like this set and forget mentality, almost like a gym membership. You're you're signing up for some pet food or a soap, or maybe it's a an interesting box that you get on a monthly basis. And so for a long time, subscriptions were just kind of something that it comes when it comes and it's something that you need or use regularly. Um, but what we're seeing more and more within e-commerce and retail in general is this increased drive for greater engagement between the brand and their end user or customer. And subscriptions as a repeat purchasing option is, is great, but there needs to be more innovation if we want there to be more engagement, right? Just something that shows up whenever isn't really great from a customer experience standpoint. So subscriptions are kind of innovating and trying to become more like the typical shopping cart or the typical Amazon experiences, which you have a lot more control and a lot more emphasis on you being able to personalize it. So it matches you and your schedule. So are you suggesting that a person, you know, say take their whole product catalog and suggestive marketing across their whole product catalog, or does it work with services or, uh, you know, even people that are just putting great information out in the world or how does it work or what's best maybe? Sure. I think, um, you know, if we think about, well, I'll say this, one of the kind of the common mistakes I see when people launching this is they're just seeing it from a revenue perspective, that it's predictable revenue and that's good for the business. And so they're going to launch a subscription program. But I think what's maybe a, a better way to think about it is and an answer to your question is, you know, how, how are customers consuming your product, whether that's a product, a service or access to something. And if it's something that they are checking in with regularly or periodically or using on a consistent basis, then a subscription can make sense. And even with service-based businesses, we're seeing a lot of innovation where, you know, it used to be, I might pay, you know, my video editor $200 every time I do a video with him. And, and now it's, oh, I can subscribe for $1,500 a month. I can get up to 30 videos done. And so there's a better value there for me as a user, because I'm going to get a per unit, my per unit cost per video editing is coming down. But then this video editing company gets predictable revenue. And so, so there's kind of this trade-off that we get between the business getting something predictable and the end user or consumer getting access to something on a more regular basis. So it really does apply for a lot of verticals, not just things like Netflix or Amazon Prime. So for a more... Um you know, used to run like a membership type of site, type of a service product. Um, do subscriptions work for them these these days? They are, but they're having to kind of innovate a little bit. Like I, you know, I mentioned the gym um, mentality, I think. And what I mean by that is this idea that you're, you're pressuring people into sign up for something and you make it really difficult to cancel. And it's not necessarily something they might use all the time, right? Or depending on what happens in your life, sometimes you're working out and sometimes you're not. So the membership is having to innovate where they're either finding more ways to create more value, whether that's offering more services or having something that's more engaging, whether, you know, for example, if you're selling a digital product, instead of you just having a subscription to the digital product, you might do, you also get access to a webinar every month, right? Or you might get access to a Facebook group that includes other members that are subscribed to that product and you're able to network and meet other people in that way. 
So it's just finding other ways to create more engagement that I'm going to use that word over and over again, but that's the idea is you want to find people to engage with them, understand their needs, their problems, offer them more value, find ways to connect with them and find ways for them to connect with other people that like your product or your service. Mm, I love that. Um, So for let's go to the ultimate service, you know, subscription-based model, people who are in MLMs, right? (laughs) Um, Is there a way outside of what the MLM has created that somebody could grow their base more by using what your company does? Absolutely. So if you think about like one of the issues again with subscriptions and even with the MLM model, excuse me, is like you're oftentimes you're just kind of like getting what you get you know, you're getting a monthly order and sometimes you use it and sometimes you don't. And what we're seeing is this rise of flexibility. So for example, like some common terms that people we use to describe success in in, is like LTV lifetime value, right? So just for an example, like anytime you make a subscription more flexible means that the end user has more personal control over that. Whenever they make like one change, your LTV goes up $65. Uh, we've seen research where people are, if they're swapping out products, if they do that three times, it's a 600% lift in LTV. And what this means is that people, instead of it just being the same one thing you're getting every month, you're creating a, a deeper relationship where this person is looking to you for more products. Or if, for example, say you're getting pet food and you're going to go spend a summer, the summer in Florida, most subscription options mean that you can't change your delivery address. You'd have to cancel and start a new order. And maybe you decide you're just going to buy it from somebody local, but the new subscription software means, Oh, I can now just change my address and have it delivered somewhere else. And that means that person sticks around longer. So flexibility is just kind of like unlocking greater value and profitability for businesses, which ultimately needs more, but more money that you can drive an acquisition and scale. So where does specifically what your company do? I mean, do you have a software that you do for them or are you training people how to do that or or where does your company come in? Yeah, so there's a couple things. So, you know, at at first we started as a software company that's QPilot um, and we're we're definitely helping e-commerce businesses selling physical goods. So a lot of our customers are doing, uh, working in the CBD space, supplements, cosmetics, pet food. Um, a, a really big one, a fun one too, is like pets that want CBD or giving CBD to pets for pain and other ailments. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've kind of changed a little bit too as a business and we, we feel like there's a big opportunity for education. And that's, and as I mentioned early on, that's one of my passions. And so I also have a newsletter called the subscription prescription. And that one's just talking about general practices, how to look at acquisition, how to look at churn, right? Like thinking about how we can improve processes and technology and experience so that you can scale programs. Mm, I love that. And give us the name of that uh, newsletter again. So, sure, it's called the Subscription Prescription. And I've got an, a weekly email newsletter as well as a YouTube channel. Well, and, and we wanna talk more, but before we go any further, tell us how a person could get on that email list. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's a link to go to. Um, it's kind of long, but I would Google subscription prescription or just connect with me on LinkedIn, Matthew Holman, and you can find the link that way. I'm also on Twitter as the subscription doc. Um, that's Those are some of the best ways to find me and be able to subscribe. 
So for a person who's never used a subscription model in their business, but they are an e-commerce business, so that's kind of your forte, right. um, what would be the thing that they should do to just get started, to just even try it out? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So I think one of the common mistakes um, I see companies make is they try to make this really complicated right out the gate. Like the common kind of like metaphor I like to use is like you want to build a Tesla right away, but you don't even know how to make a skateboard. And and so really you just want to find, there's a lot of software out there, whether depending on your platform, Shopify, WooCommerce or whatever, where you can find um, a good option. And you know we are one of those, but there's plenty of others, especially on Shopify, where you just kind of plug it in and start going. The, the thing that I think is most important is you want to start thinking about how am I collecting data around this program? So just getting going and being able to offer the option um, is, is good, but how can I collect data from my subscribers, finding out what they like, what they don't like, why they're canceling, why they're subscribing in the first place. That's really the key because when you start to gather that, collect that data, you're going to start to uncover some really interesting things. Um, you know, one example that I, that I use regularly is one of our customers is iHeartDogs. And they do a lot with, I mentioned, like pets and CBD and pet, just pets in general. And one of the things they found, they, they ran their program for about two years and without getting really deep or investing and trying to build it. And when they started to, to kind of like look at it and think about how they could make it better, they had some data. And that first big set of data was that people were subscribing, but they didn't know how much pet food to buy because dogs come in so many different sizes. And so they were losing people or people were ending up with too much product. And so they kind of went back to the drawing board and thought, you know what, if we can explain to people on this product page based on their dog size, how much they should buy, we should keep people around longer because they're not going to end up with too much product. And what they saw as a result was that conversions on that, just the initial purchase skyrocketed. And their churn went down because now people have the right amount of product for their dog. So those are types of problems that you just don't know until you see them. And another good example would be like you're selling a, something in the cosmetic space and, you know, maybe it's a skincare regimen and people are using your product. They love your product. But as part of this like engagement, people are telling you, yeah, well, I, but my problem is I need a better applicator tool. Like I'm using this one thing I got at target and it doesn't work that well. And then it's like, oh, wow, we should be selling this applicator tool as well. You know, you start to uncover more product opportunities, better ways to engage. People want a different discount or some kind of different rewards, which again, you just don't know until you start doing it. So for me, it's always like a walk before you run thing and just start collecting data, start talking to your customers. And, and honestly, you're going to unlock all kinds of growth opportunities that way. So what is the secret to collecting that data without being like so many other places that we won't mention um, that they're kind of annoying about the way they do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think one thing it's important to think about is like from a brand experience standpoint, you know, people buy products, they're, they're interested in you at the least somebody who's bought multiple times. They, they probably really like you. So if you, if you approach it from, I think a, a little bit less naggy and a little less transactionally make it a little bit more personal. So if you're the founder, send personal emails to, you know, 10 subscribers a week and just ask them if they would love to hop on a call or you'd like to just learn more about what they like about the product. And, you know, as, as a thank you, you'll, you'll give them a discount or a coupon or send them a free gift. Like, I think that if a lot of people understand the reason why you're doing it, that you're going to get a higher engagement. Now that doesn't mean everybody's going to reply to the email or say yes, but, but that personal touch, um, 
again, from a founder or somebody who's like a chief stakeholder in the business can mean a lot like, Hey, a phone call, even if you have phone, if you're getting phone numbers to say, Hey, I'm, Hey, I saw you saw order this I, I, to, to me, for me personally, that's a little flattering, right? It's a personal touch. It's more than just some, some customer service rep or some automated email. So if you can personalize it, um, that that's really good. And then with the cancellation part, there's a lot of automation you can implement with some different apps or tools to plug in so that you're finding some data right away. Or when people are emailing you to cancel that kind of thing, you're going to have data. You just need to mine it and track it a little bit is, is kind of, is the approach, but the, the hard part is the conversion part, um, is just kind of getting more information initially why, um, people are subscribing to you. But if you can figure out a way to start collecting that data, even in small samples, again, from a personal nature, um, you know, or even sending somebody, uh, you know, a coupon in that order with uh, an ability to redeem 20% off their next order. If they want to take five minutes to fill out the survey, boom, like, again, the engagement is not, you're not going to get 80% of people doing that, but, but the idea is you want to try to get 20 or 30% of people to give you some feedback. So. Mm, I love that. So um, just give us a, you know, the top reason why somebody should use QPilot as, as opposed to some of the other softwares. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's really comes down to flexibility. Our platform is designed to be used by flexible subscription programs. So, you know, there are some options that are easy to use, but they're a little bit more inflexible. So if you're looking for a really engaging experience where customers can change the products they're getting, change their shipping address, all those things, and we've built it in a way that it syncs seamlessly with your operation, then you should definitely check us out. I love that. And uh, what is the company's URL? qpilot.com. Perfect. And again, Matthew Holman on the different social medias, LinkedIn especially, uh, get on that newsletter. Matthew, leave us with uh, you know some kind of words of encouragement before we go today. Yeah, I think one of the really exciting things about subscriptions is, and again, I've used this word a lot, is engagement. So if, if you're thinking about it as a means of, you know, you're not trying to get a million, 10 million, 100 million people. If you can get a couple hundred or a couple thousand people that love your product and are willing to subscribe, it's really just going to unlock a lot more growth for you. Like I said, there's more opportunities to sell, to engage, um, because once you start to get that experience going with your customers, they're going to give you tons of feedback. And that, that feedback means you have these extra data points you can use to grow your business. So I think it's, again, it can feel really daunting, um, but just get going and collect data and talk to people. And I think you'll find some success. I love that. Well, Matthew, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thanks, Steve. It's been great. If you haven't looked into it yet, I strongly suggest check out Subscription Model. It could be the real game changer for your business, uh, especially where we are today. And I hope that you can use that to make you an empowered leader, to do that empowered leading as you live as a thriving entrepreneur. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> 
Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about empowered leading. How can you empower those that you're leading? How can you be an empowered leader? We want to really jump into some of those principles of leadership now and see if we can help you be the best, be the most empowered in your leading. With that said, let's jump into our next guest. Join me in welcoming Andrew McDowell. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing today? Doing great. How about yourself? I am good, thanks. Thanks for being with us here today. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Oh, I love that question. How do you show up in the world? Um, so the way I like to describe myself is uh, I'm somebody that's experienced the different phases of entrepreneurship. I was an employee of two entrepreneurial companies. Um, I was an entrepreneur within a corporation, uh, the Boeing company for 20 years, and now I'm on my own business and my own entrepreneur at this point. Um, I'm showing up in the world trying to generate value in people's lives. You know, so what does that mean? That means through my actions, behaviors, content, everything that I do, I'm trying to add positive value to somebody's life in some form, fashion, color, you know, value comes in all different shapes and sizes. So um, that's how I'm trying to show up. So what kind of things do you do for work and, uh, you know, how do you help people out? Well, I'll describe myself as a uh, life leadership and business coach. Um, I offer up services in various forms. One is a uh, mastermind-like group. I call it a peer-to-peer -peer advisory group where we have entrepreneurs sitting around the table helping each other uh, with their businesses. I have a series of workshops that are geared towards helping uh, a business owner to work on their business instead of in their business uh, in an effort to grow it. Uh, and then there's just one-on-one coaching, whether it be for their leadership needs or specific topics within their business where they just need some one-on-one -on -one time uh, behind closed doors for an hour or so. So you talk about the concept of working on your business mm -hmm. rather than in your business. Can you help us kind of define what that means? 
uh, it's sort of, you know, the differentiation between strategy and tactics within your business. If you're working in your business, you're in the day-to-day, you're managing the processes of the business. Uh, you're directly interacting with customers, actually providing or creating the content or product um, that you're offering up to the marketplace by working on your business. Um, you're thinking strategically, you're thinking uh, visionary of what you want your business to be or to look like in the future. Uh, and you're taking steps to uh, make that a reality strategically. A lot of people struggle with thinking and even more so being strategic in their business. Mm -hmm. Um, What is some of the key elements to really working strategically in your or on your business? Uh, Two main things. The first is businesses are created in an effort to serve a need or a want in the world. So do you, do you understand what need or want that you're trying to um, generate or offer or provide for some percentage of the world? And obviously those that make a lot of money are ones that are able to address needs and wants of, a, of the greatest population in the world that they can. Um, so that's the first, first part. Second part is about creativity. Um, do you feel like you're a creative person? Can you think outside the box? Can you think abundantly? Can you think, you know, a lot of it's a mindset challenge, uh, for, from that perspective. And there are a lot of people in this world that don't feel like they're creative beings, but I like to push back on that and say, well, you're creating the day that you want, hopefully every day, you're hopefully creating the meal that you want. For dinner, you're hopefully creating a nice experience uh, on a date or with friends out to dinner, whatever it may be. You, you're being creative from that nature. I just don't know that you realize that you're doing that. Um, I used to have a sign that hung on the wall uh, next to my desk uh, when I was at Boeing that said, best way to predict the future is to create it. So when you get out of bed, plant your feet on the floor and stand up, are you, are you already thinking creatively about what you want your day to be? Or are you just letting the day sort of unfold and not really thinking about that? You're just sort of taking the punches per se about what the world's going to offer you today. Mm, I love all of that. Those are the two main things. Yeah. So when you talk about generating your value, um, let's break that down a little bit. I mean, first of all, how does a person know, define, live by, whatever the way you want to look at it, how do they know their value? Well, life's an inward journey. So first of all, do you value yourself? Do you have self-love? Um After that, it begins a journey of what are my strengths, my weaknesses, my talents, my skills, and how can I use them creatively to 
uh, provide value in the world. And that value may just be um, your mindset and how you're sitting down and interacting with a friend. You know, between your words and your behaviors, your mindset, your intention, um, are you creating value uh, in your friend's life? Or it might be your spouse, or it might be a work colleague. Um, so it's more than just, you know, the business side of products and services. It's also, if you were to take a 360 view around your life, how is it that you're providing positive value to those that you interact with? Uh, to understand them, to understand their desires, to understand their goals, and how it is that you can contribute, support, love, um, say positive words that are going to inspire them to to live a life that they want for themselves. What do you say to the person who has found themselves living, I'm going to call it rudderless, you know, they're just kind of adrift on the ocean of the world, and they mm -hmm. don't really have a, def a defined purpose, and therefore they're kind of going nowhere. Um, where does a person like that even start? Well, the start of everything is being intentional, right? So you have to ask the right questions and have a conversation about, because a lot of it comes to self-worth. Do you do you think you're worthy of a great life? Let's start there. Uh, do you feel like you're worthy of a great life? If the answer to that is yes, then okay, let's get to work. Then what? If you're worthy of a great life, how are you going to how are you going to lead yourself? Call it self leadership. How are you going to lead lead yourself and have the intention to go out and create that for yourself? Um, so you know, to answer your question, a lot of it is centered around mindset, intention, and do you feel like you're worthy uh, of a life that's filled with joy and happiness and success in it? Uh, if you feel like you're, you're not worthy of that, then that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest thing that gets in our way from really generating our value today. I'm sorry, is that a statement or a question? Yeah, yeah. What is the what is the number one thing that gets in a person's way from generating their value oh, today? Fear. Can you can you define that further for yeah, us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh love versus fear. It's the most fundamental element in every decision and choice with choice being uh, the most powerful tool that a human being has that we have for ourselves. So uh, you can think of fear as a disruption that's stopping you from going after the life that you want for yourself. So where, where does that, where does that fear exist and why let's get to the root of the issue. Um, you, are you are you afraid you're not worthy of it? Are you afraid you don't have the right skill sets or talents? Are you afraid you don't have the fiscal resources? Are you afraid, you know, it's fear, fear, fear. So let's let's go label and write on the board, so to speak, where your fears are. And then let's start whittling away at that. Have some courage to change that fear into love and start creating the life that you want for yourself. That's the inner journey that we all have to go through. 
So that's a great place for a lot of the listeners potentially to start is beginning to do that. Um, let's be good teachers. Let's give them something that they could do right now today to begin that journey of no matter what you've done before, starting today, I'm going to generate my value today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the business world, you know, what I do with my clients in the business world, if we're having a business strategy session, we use a tool called uh SWOT analysis, W-S-O-T, which stands for Strength, Weakness, Opportunity, Threat. And we use this tool to try and have an understanding of where we are. Where are we sitting in the marketplace? And we draw a big rectangle and divide that rectangle into four smaller rectangles. And and one right strength, one, one weakness, one opportunity, one threat. And then we develop a bullet item list of what we think our company's strengths are, where a company's weaknesses are, where we have opportunities for growth uh, for the business, and where do we see threats, where whether it be a supplier threat, or a competitor, or whatever it might be. We're going to label it and get agreement on and amongst all the appropriate parties that this is where we think we sit in the marketplace. So if we were to take that tool and move it over to life instead of business, we could take opportunity and change it to love and threat to fear and sit down and be introspective and say, okay, what do I think my strengths are today? Uh, What are my weaknesses? You know, whether that may be procrastination or something about ourselves that we feel like is a weakness uh love is where our passions are and therefore where our opportunities are for growth uh within our life whether it be in our lifestyle or who we are as a human being etc and then threats change to fear if threats are a disruption to a business then fears are a disruption that stops us from going after the life that we want for ourselves so let's sit down and be honest about what our fears are that are holding us back from living a life that brings joy and happiness um, to ourselves. And that gives us a good starting point for figuring out what then our life strategy is going to be to uh, reduce the fears as much as possible in our life, grow the love areas and do some things to strengthen our strength strengths as well as strengthen our weaknesses, um, all in an effort to execute a strategy that brings joy and happiness and success to our life. Mm, I love that. Now, some of this kind of stuff, you just need somebody to work with you. You know, I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you need somebody outside of yourself and some of the people listening may want to say, hey, Andrew, I'd really love to go deeper with you on this. How can a person work with you? Uh, well, they can reach out to me, uh, th- you know, through my website, www.generateyourvalue.com. My email address is andy at generateyourvalue.com. You can reach out to me via email. From that perspective, I'm also a co-host on a podcast named Generate Your Value, um, available on all the major platforms where my co-host and I take people through um, subjects relative to life, leadership, and small business. Uh, 
uh, we release an episode every Tuesday uh, where they might get what I like to call golden nuggets out of a, an episode that they can then integrate into their life and start that journey or keep going down the journey that they're already on to find joy and happiness. Mm, I love that. Well, um, before we go today, give us just some final words of encouragement. Um, so coming from a person who had self-esteem problems, uh, in my teenage years, college years, and early twenties, it's really about what do you want out of your life? I had to make the decision. There were things happening in my life. I didn't like, I didn't want for myself. And I had the courage to go get therapy read self-help books to just soak up anything that I felt like would help me on my journey to change the life to what I wanted it for myself. But it took that first step of courage. And courage is the inflection point between fear and love. Take that courage to start moving towards love, love for yourself, love for others, love for the world. Um, it's scary. It was scary for me, but it's taken that first step and it only needs the first step to start moving in the direction to be intentional with your life, using courage to go after what you want. Mm, I love that. Well, Andy, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Uh, greatly appreciate the invite. Uh, I've enjoyed our conversation. Don't get stuck in that rat race of continuously doing the things that aren't really going to make you money. Do the things that are going to help build and grow your business. Do those first. And then after that, then do the things that are above and beyond that, that are just day-to-day -day operational kind of tasks. And stop doing what you suck at. Really take the time to look at the things that you can load off of your plate and you can empower someone else to do. That is empowered leading. I really hope that you will take that in. And now for the next commercial break here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny.
Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about empowered leading. We've had some really great examples of new products that we can look at to lead people through, new things that we need to make sure that we're doing and not doing in our business. And lastly, we want to talk about growth, how to continue keep growing without burning out, how to be the leader that inspires the people in our business, the leader that also keeps ourselves inspired and growing. How do you do that? How do you go from the place where you were a little burnt out back to being effective? This next guest is really going to help us with that. Join me in welcoming Jenny Blumenthal. Hey, Jenny, how are you doing today? Hey, Steve, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Great. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Sure. I'm Jenny Blumenthal. I'm the CEO and founder of Corporate Rehab. We're a leadership company that's focused on helping leaders get to the next level without losing themselves in the process. Um, And how I hope I show up in the world is authentically um, without uh, maybe some of the masks or personas that we feel like we need to take on uh, to be accepted. So um, I think that's hopefully a good summary. Mm, Love it. Yeah, absolutely. And your book is actually named similar to your company, Corporate Rehab, Ditch the Hustle, Culture and Thrive Again. Tell us a little bit about what the concept of corporate rehab means to you. Yeah, so I um, I wrote the book um, and came up with the concept of corporate rehab really as a means to you know work through some things I was going through as I was trying to figure out what to do next. I had just left corporate America after twenty years as an executive, and uh, it was the middle of the pandemic, um, maybe the first droplets of the great resignation early the early phases so it was um, October 2020 and um, really the backstory is I was leading you know a huge business unit managing a ton of people had been climbing this ladder to success I've got a husband and two kids um, and basically I was hustling 60 hours a week and then turning on the weekends and hustling on the soccer sidelines on the weekends and starting over again on Monday and Um, I really was approaching burnout, um, as we might know it now, which uh, we really didn't have quite those words at the time back in 2020. And so I decided when I uh, had the pandemic, had some time to really um, just go within because it, we, you know, so much of the world was shut down. I left my job. I figured I would do something different. And my kids were still doing school at the kitchen table for a little while. And so I really just said, maybe this is a great time for me to pause and and figure out what really kept me in work situations that weren't always good for me. Um, How much of that was the situation? um, How much of that was me? And so when I um, would joke with people about what I was doing now, I would jokingly say, I'm I'm putting myself through my own corporate rehab. And um, and it became kind of this, um, you know, a joke at first, but more and more people kept asking well, boy, I feel burned out or I feel unfulfilled or, you know, really what did you do next to kind of heal? And so as I went through um, some of my own process, I started sharing um, some of the uh, podcasts and articles and books that I was reading, which to somebody who's running a really full life, it was really overwhelming. And so um, I decided to kind of break that down into a process that other people could repeat and wound up including the stories of 300 other women. And so 
that's really where corporate rehab came from. And um, now I run a lot of those leaders through that corporate rehab framework to really, um, as you mentioned, the book's title is Ditch the Hustle Culture. What I found out is that, you know, there, yes, there can be toxic uh, situations and, and bosses. There can be things that we do internally. And, and really what that root causes is this hustle culture that makes us feel like, we need to be running faster and faster and getting value from outside of ourselves as a as opposed to turning into the gifts we're given and some of the answers we have within us. And so that's really what the book um, does is tell some of those stories and walks the readers through a process to do just that, start their own corporate rehab. Mm, that's awesome. So where do we even start? You know, I mean, because most successful entrepreneurs are uh, you know, driven go-getters that don't know how to sit down and stop ever. You know, like you said, when we're not working, we're out running around with the kids doing something or whatever. How do we even start? Yeah. So um, when I tried to actually put this together and when people would say, well, what do I do? Give me the right podcast or the right thing to listen to. Um, I really tried to summarize, um, actually it was a consultant for 20 years. So I applied more of a consulting we're solving so that we know what the solution is. And when I did that, it became really clear. Um, and I wrote down all the steps and ironically or magically or uh, inspired from above, um, the words spelled out the words rehab. So the first phase in the five steps is recognizing uh, your own life story, that the context for your values and some of the decisions that you've made. The second is E, which is evaluate. So your patterns, your habits, your mindsets. Um, and here we, we talk a lot about, you know, what's the voice that's kind of running in your head when you make a mistake? Is it shaming you? Is it saying you need to run faster? And just tuning into that to understand, um, you know, what are some of those patterns and those beliefs that keep us running um, on autopilot sometimes in some of our decisions? Um, the next stage is heal. Um, that's H. And that really looks across mind, body, and spirit for ways that you can give yourself new mantras or new voices to say when you make a mistake um, or new patterns to take on. And then next comes arise where you get to grow and play um, and really you know, experiment with other dimensions of your life that maybe you haven't invested as much in when you're hustling so hard. And the final step is B uh, for build. And that's really building new dimensions of your life and career, just more in line with some intentional choices um, for how you want to apply your purpose, apply your ambition. And I think you make a great point that entrepreneurs are, are hustling almost by definition, and there's nothing wrong with hustle. I think you need hustle if you're trying to you know, start a business, if you're trying to close that next deal. Um, even if you're trying to get, you know, your kids out the door on time for soccer with their shoes on um, and a little bit of that in the right measure is, is not a problem in my mind. I think the issue becomes when we get stuck on that gear and when we're within this always on, always productive, everything has to go fast and, um, and everything has to be results oriented. I think that's more Facebook worthy <laughs> that's where we can get a little bit trapped and just staying on that gear when you're in the hustle culture, as opposed to just looking at that hustle. So, you know, try on different words for you, for any of the entrepreneurs listening, maybe it's you're harnessing your hustle, maybe you're pointing your ambition intentionally, um, but it's really just about getting started with, you know, starting to look at some of 
not only your values, but your patterns and mindsets um, so that you can start to catch yourself if you're actually running on an old belief that might've gotten you here, but might not serve you moving forward. Ooh, and that's a big one, you know, because once we get stuck in those old beliefs, it's really easy to just stay there because it's comfortable. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, absolutely. In fact, that's interesting. That's one of the things I get asked about the most when I um, am talking to executives looking to change careers or looking to figure out, you know, their right next step. Um, you know, why did I stay so long or what keeps us trapped? And just to your exact point, a lot of times we're stuck in what's familiar, you know, even if it's, it's not healthy or good for us, but it's that, you know, it's, it can be a pattern. It can be a voice track in your mind. And it's the, the thing that we go back to just because um, it's easy. I actually like to think someone had, had mentioned this, that it's, um, you know, sometimes our, our actual neural pathways in our brain are just like, you know, ski tracks and fresh powder. And once you go down at once, you know, you, you can kind of go any different direction. But that hundredth run down that ski track, your brain's automatically going to go right down. Your skis will go right down that um, that groove. And it's no different a lot of times with our thoughts. If we're if we always say, oh, gosh, I should have gotten that deal or I should have hustled harder. You know, the next time something happens, you're likely um, going to say something similar unless you start to change, you know, the way you speak to yourself um, and some of those mindsets and patterns. Talk to me a little bit more about some of those things that we say to ourselves, because we're all so good at being mean to ourselves. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, well, I find that there's a couple of different ones. Um, there's, and when you actually dig down to the root cause, a lot of times, um, you know, that it's these stories that we tell ourselves and maybe they're not even our own stories. You know, there's something that someone said to us one time that again, was really useful at that time, but we're letting it play. A, you know, a larger role, or, you know, some people say letting it live rent free in our head. So one of the ones that I hear the most, the root cause is I'm not enough, you know, and it, it really comes down, not, not many people would just say, I'm just not enough, but it shows up as, ah, oh, I really should have gotten that promotion. Or, you know, if I were better, I would have, you know, gotten the lead in the play. Or if I were uh, a better mom, I wouldn't have yelled at my kid. I mean, it really can show up a lot of different ways. But if you peel that back, you know, there's some belief underneath that that says, I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not uh, the best version of myself. And, and really, that's one that, you know, I help a, a lot of people in my private practice reframe as I'm exactly enough. You know, I was born on this earth being completely enough. I might not have the skill that's actually getting me ahead in the promotion, or I might not have built this knowledge that's helping me figure out how to deal with anger or what have you, or I might just have been tired. There might've been a good reason for it, but that doesn't mean that I'm a bad mom or that I'm not enough as a worker. I just haven't done whatever the thing is yet. And that's really the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset is this word yet. Um, so I think that's one of the ones that I hear the most. It just shows up with uh it, it's the root cause, but it shows up with a lot of different symptoms in a lot of different ways. Um, and, and that's the one that I hear a ton. Um, the other one is there's not enough. And that's really based on a scarcity model. Um, so 
I better be first in line to, you know, get to the grocery store checkout, or I, I've got to get, you know, this next promotion, because if I don't, the person behind me is going to, you know, take that spot, um, as opposed to, you know, acting more from an abundance mentality that there's plenty, there's enough out there. And, and if one person gets something, it doesn't take something away from me. Now, in several situations, that's a that's a truth and a reality that if you are, you know, in, in a place where there is a scarcity of food or emotion or, um, you know, safety, you know, you're, you're acting on a very real set of facts. But often, um, you know, we're walking around, either we were raised by people or we ourselves have been in those situations. And we're carrying that mindset and that mentality long after the threat has passed. And so again, you know, a lot of this, what I, what I wind up speaking about in the book and coaching on is a lot of this actually isn't your fault. Um, it's pre-programming that's part of either, you know, where you were raised or an experience you had throughout your life or some sort of, you know, um, good natured, um, healthy uh, suggestion someone gave you that has now, you know, it served its purpose and it's time to set it down. And I'll give you an example from the there's not enough piece. Um, I was raised in part by uh, a grandmother. I was raised by my parents, but my grandmother played a big role in our lives and we'd visit her every summer and she was kind of larger than life. And she grew up in the depression um, in rural Western Maryland, where there really was a scarcity of meat and food and um, you know, and, uh, enoughness. And so, um, you know, she raised her son, my dad and us with this perspective of, you know, you really want to take care of your family. And if you achieve and you go out there and you, you know, get the job and do all the things that will, you know, help you achieve. And that's very true, um, for surviving, um, you know, the, the depression, I think what it might not give you is the perfect recipe for how to thrive. And as you talk about thriving entrepreneurs, there's a whole other playbook of how do you actually, you know, use all of those great skill sets that help you survive the scrappiness, the hunger, the grit, the ambition, but point them towards the things that you intentionally know are, um, the, you know, are more purposeful or how do you know when that muscle has been overused and you really need to shift into rest um, and give yourself a bit of a break that you've achieved enough or that you've done enough for the day um, and it's time to, to clock out. So I think there's, those are some of the things that I hear often in the stories that we tell ourselves, I'm not enough there's not enough. And both of those things feed the hustle culture that you just must need to run faster. The answer's right around the corner. And if I can just keep my head down, maybe next week will be easier um, as opposed to stopping and, and really looking at what's going on, you know, within yourself. Mm, love that. So let's, um, I mean, an obvious a person needs to get corporate rehab, ditch the hustle culture and thrive again. But for the people that are listening right now, what is something that they could do right now immediately that would begin to help them rehab themselves? Yeah, I think the, the first piece is definitely listen to those stories um, and pay attention not only to what's going on in your mind when you make a mistake, but what happens in your body. Um, I think there's an interesting correlation between all of the things we tell ourselves are the stress that we're constantly surrounded by on a daily basis. And, and in these, the, the book, when I 
uh, did the research, there were, you know, 300 women were telling me their stories and there was just one after the other. Well, I didn't know if anything was wrong, but then my hair started falling out, but I still didn't understand that that was my job or there was this tightness in my chest every time my boss would yell at me. Um, I think uh, often we have these answers or at least some clues as to what's going on within ourselves if we just get still enough to listen. And so right now, if you're out there listening, I would just encourage you just to give yourself a few minutes every day to just stop and let the dust settle and just listen to what's going on within you. Um, the nice thing is we have a lot of these answers within ourselves. Um, if we can just, you know, get quiet a little bit and see which ones are, are speaking the loudest. Well, again, I do encourage people to get your book, but for somebody who wants to go even deeper with you, how can they work with you? Sure. So I do uh, executive coaching, both for individuals and for teams. And the best place to go is my website, which is www.corporate-rehab.com. We've got all kinds of fun events coming up with the book launch, and then also some free worksheets and things that people can pull down to get started on their own rehab today. Do get corporate rehab, ditch the hustle culture and thrive again by Jenny Blumenthal. And Jenny, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thanks so much, Steve. It was great to be here. Rehab yourself. If you are the best version of you, you absolutely will help lead towards the best version of the people in your company. If you're empowered in your leading, if you're leading the people to a powerful place, your business will do better and be better. And more importantly, the people that you serve, including those that work in your company, they will be the best versions of themselves and you will be an empowered leader. You will be leading powerfully in everything that you do. That's amazing. I want that for you. And I'm so glad that you've taken the time to embrace that today because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world, oh, the world needs you so much. We need you in the role of empowered leading to make the difference that only you can make, to just do the things that you can do while it's called today, to be the person you were called to be, to lead and guide and love and make this world all that it can be because you showed up today you did that thing and you were an empowered leader. I really do hope that you will embrace that today because after all, the whole reason why I'm here is to help you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope that you're happy, safe, warm and loved and that you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs>
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Hello.